Okay, this is Jimbo's footage. This is Paya Lowe. This is Goldie. What's up, Mr. Criminal? It's your homeboy, Steven Luan. It is your homeboy, Ricardo, giving a shout out. Yo, what's cracking? It's me, Alvino. This is Veronica. It's Monico from Atlanta. Yeah. Calling in from the San Fernando Valley. Calling from Montebello. Quiet family entertainment. Mr. Criminal on air live, the podcast. We broadcast it live, baby. From the Quiet Family California Love Studio Compound. We got a lot to talk about today. And I'm supporting the Crime Family Network podcast. Yeah. Mr. Criminal live on air, the realest and most active podcast on the West Coast. Coming straight out of Southern California. You know how we do it. And today we got a special guest, Critical. Yeah, man, who we got? Today we got a legend for the community And we're about to reveal him right now But before we start that critical What's up, boy? My, my mic sounds a little funny You notice that sounds a little bassy Why is that? Sound a little Oh no there it goes There it goes We good We good Yeah Super loud That shit was super loud But yeah well, I love it We back baby Let's Episode go. number four We just had young dopey King Little G and drummer boy squash their beefs. Historical moment for the culture, historical day. Proud moment for all my rasa, everybody stand up. We out here making moves, changing things for the culture. But today I wanna highlight a legend that's changing the culture in his own ways. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to the stage Mr. Criminal on air live, the homie. Brian T. City Ortega. What's cracking my G? Yo, what up, my man? Boy? Salute to you, homie. Rasa, stand up. We proud right now. We got a motherfucking legend in the building, homie. How you doing today? I appreciate today? that, man. I appreciate that. Hey, homie, homie it's, a, it's an absolute honor, and I'm humbled to have you sitting in our seat. One of our, our first episodes, and hey, man, you you tapped in, like, real quick. You No hesitation, no Hollywood shit. I was like, homie, could you pull up, show some love on the podcast? You're like, what day, what time I'm there? Yeah. That's some real shit right there, homie. Like and I, I said, told you, man. Salute. Been, been a fucking, been a fan, my boy. Hell yeah. So and I when appreciate you say be, be part of something, you know, I know the movement because I follow you. I say, I'm in, man. That's it. No man, questions asked. That's powerful, homie. So, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the story, the upbringing, the, the, whole, the whole story. The grind, the sweat, the blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, you got a lot. There's a lot to offer in, in your story, homie. And I'm proud to be here sitting here talking to you. So let's take it back to the beginning, homie. Let's take it all the way back, the 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 root of this. Where where did where did Brian T City be created? Where were you uh born and raised? Where did you grow up at? Let's let's give a little bit of history. Oh man, I will have to say that. Everything started for me back when I was young, when I was five years old, four years old growing up. My parents are both immigrants from Mexico, and uh, they came in here to the States, and we moved to the projects in San Pedro. Back in the 90s, it was, that was it. It was, it was just Mexicans versus Blacks. That's what it was. It was real. It, it was real. Every day, shootouts, every day, there's drive-bys, no matter what, especially in the projects. It was, it was cracking. And... Uh, just playing, just playing in the little backyard that they gave you a little piece of patch, a patch of grass over there. Um, even little kids would test little kids, playing handball, doing anything. Someone tried to come take your ball, whatever, and, and you're at the fight. And that's when my dad realized that, um, que no me rajo, you know, like yeah. anyone tried try to take my ball or do something. It was like, all right, I'm gonna fight. My sister used to fight, and then um, he was like, man, this kid. I gotta teach him how to fight. 
He knew like if I'm gonna grow up in this environment, I better be ready and be a soldier to, to hold my own. And that's where it just started. I started there and I, I did kickboxing from five to 13 in uh, Wilmington, California. And uh, I fell in love with that. I got burned out by 13. Tried baseball. I realized I don't like team sports. And then um, I went to, I got in a, I got in a fight with, with some guy uh, from Carson. And uh, he beat my ass a little bit. Bragging rights. Yeah, he beat so, my, no, nah, no, nah, I ran into him. I ran into him later. I ran into right. him later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, he just got me in the headlock and beat my ass. Damn. And uh, my dad was like, man, what, you know, why'd you let him do that and this and that? And I told him, you know what? Uh, I don't know what, what to do. And we saw jujitsu. It was the art of where, like, the little guy beats up any, any guy on the ground. Yeah. We signed up. And that was it. It was history after that. I fell in love with the art uh, of jiu-jitsu. Two years later, it brought me to MMA, to like fighting in the cage. It was no no rules, no gloves. no. It was, it was crazy. Wow. Underground stuff. Wow. And um, I did my first fight there. Had a lie to say that I was 18. I was 15. And uh, I won, and, and that was it. I was hooked. Damn. After that, I said, this is what I want to do. Forget school, forget, I, I don't care for college, I don't care for, I was consumed by the idea of wanting to be a world champion fighting for the UFC. Wow, you knew that young. That at, at 15, the second my hand got raised that day, and I saw what UFC was, I, this is it, this, this is like, you know, like my destiny, this is this is my calling. I already knew, like, this is what I'm, I'm here to do in this world. And I've had everyone make fun of me no matter what through it, through all these years. There's a he who laughs laughs. La, he who laughs 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 the best. Straight up. And that's where I'm at. Would you say the moment that you got burned out that you could have went a different direction in your life? Obviously growing up in the hood, being around the, the type of shit, you know, the seeing the wars outside where you grew up. Was there a moment where it was either fighting in the streets or was the, the family environment good enough to where your parents were, like, keeping keeping you guys in the house? Like, how was that? How was that type of stuff? Uh, both parents were always working. Yeah. Yeah, both parents were always working. So there was... My house was a, a revolving door. You come in, you come go. You, co you know, you come and go as you please. Um, my dad was always old school. I'm sure all of our dads probably were. Just, yeah. Don't talk to you. Don't really say I love you. Just I tell I tell That was it. Just trying so to provide. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was it was a battle. I would say till I was like 23. That was a battle I had where I was I was living like a double life. Yeah. I was training and I was around good people in that environment, and then I would go back to the neighborhood and then I would. I would be involved in stuff and I would do whatever I had to do or, or we, whatever it was, you know, with it kicking it or doing doing what it is out there. And uh, and I had this double life going on for, for a lot of years. Yeah. And I was just, till this day, I always tell the homie Henner, Henner Gracie, I'm like, hey man, I'm, I'm thankful that I have had you in my life because there's many times where I tried to quit. There's many times where I didn't want to come to train and I would disappear for three to four months. Wow. One of the homies, you know, someone, you know, someone passed away, someone would get shot. 
uh, you just your mind goes, your mind changes, and that's the last thing I want to be is around that world right now, training with good people. I want to be with the homies right now. I want to be active. I want to be out there. I want to, I want to, want to put in some work. Yeah. And uh, and that's what it was. Wow. And then after a while, that shit burned me out. I was like, fuck, man, I'm tired of fucking walking down the street and looking over my back or doing this and. Or trying to look out for the next, for the next thrill. Yeah. You know, what's the next thrill? Let's go to this party, see if Yeah, which is it, man. I was, I was basically, I was, I was living two lives. Yeah. I was training. I was out doing what I was doing. Um, you know, being young, reckless. And, um, and like I told you, after a while, when everyone started facing consequences of their actions, um... It was kind of clear. It was like, all right, I got some choices to make. And right now it was like, you know, when you play like a game, you start with 50 and then it goes down. And when you find yourself in those last ones, you're like, all right, maybe it's time to grow up. Yeah. And I had my kids young or, like, you know, like at 20 years old. So that's when it was like, all right, it, it kind of gave me almost like that excuse that I kind of needed or wanted, right? It was like, hey, I kind of want to get my life together. And then that's kind of where it hit. It was just, I've done all that. And then finally, like at 20, the, the first 20 to 25 was like the years I was trying to actually chase the dream on, on a full mission. And at 23, that's when it kind of just snapped in. It was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing forever now. Like oh, there's yeah. no going back. Oh yeah. Not at all. So it was a it was a combination of the way you were brought up, the struggles from from a, as a youth, having to have have to you know fight for what was yours as a youngster, yeah. to becoming a young man, training street life to having a kid. It was a combination of all three that that took you to the next level of taking it very serious in life to chasing your dream. I would say, right? Yeah, I, mean, I got that right. Everything everything in my life pushed me to that direction. No matter no matter what. It could, it could have been, yeah, the streets, kids, my father, this, that, everything, no matter how much I try to leave it, I swear, like, it was always something that just slapped me right back into that direction. I see. Always something. For some weird reason, it was always fighting. And I never understood it till now, till I see what I'm doing with my life now and and the lives that I have impacted. That makes sense. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier that stood out to me. You said that you didn't really gravitate towards team sports when you tried. Would you say that that become that that was part of the the fighter spirit that you had? That you just everything was a fight. Like even like you weren't you weren't trying to be on no one's team. Or where do you think that came from? That that came from my ability to hold my accountability. It was when you're when you're in a team sport, you have to depend on somebody else. Because it's a group effort here. And when no one is putting in what you're putting in, the ship starts sinking. So to me, it was like, man, I'm grinding hard. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And I'm, I was playing baseball. Like, I'm willing to stand in front of the ball and get hit in the face for you guys. And you guys are being like scared and not wanting to catch the ball. And now these guys are scoring on us. And we're losing. And then I was a sore loser. I didn't want to lose. Mm. So it was like, man, I'm losing because you guys are not even down. When we're running in laps, you guys are just chilling, walking, talking. Like you guys, you guys are not. You guys suck. You don't even want to be here. Your dad forced you to be here. I'm actually trying to be here. I see. 
So fighting was the only place. When you lock me in that cage, I'm there alone. I have to own up to all my actions and all my accountability. Everything, I call it my ghost. When I step in there, I did everything I could to secure that victory. I didn't take no shortcuts. I I, I didn't party the nuts. I, you know, I wanted to. I sacrificed. I, I, was, I was able to hold myself accountable to my actions and my hard work. And it shows when you step in there. You can tell who comes in there prepared and who doesn't. And in the team sports, you can't. Wow. Because these guys, eight of them could work hard. And if three are, are lacking, there's a hole where, where, you know, there's I always said there's a hole in the ship where water's sinking in. And that's what happens. Wow. So to me, it was like, I'd rather just, I'd rather just take care of the home ship on my own. Hell yeah. I do better alone. Let me just, let me just buckle down and just do this. And hone in on that shit and focus and, and chase yeah. what, you were, what you were after. Now the name T-City, where, yeah. where was the moment of your life where, where that name came about and how, how did that come to be? I was young. I was, when I first started training in the gym, it was nothing but monsters. Yeah. I was little, small, so everyone would force me to, to be on my back against my will. But if with jiu-jitsu, that's kind of where you have a, an advantage point. People look at it as you're on the bottom of the fight, so you're losing. But when you're doing jiu-jitsu, you can choke people out from the bottom. You could, you could fuck someone up where it looks like you're losing. And because I was forced to be in the bottom, I learned how to win that way. And there's a move called the triangle choke. Hell yeah. So I would just throw my legs around it, wrap it around their neck. And um, actually this right here, look. Nasty. Right there. And I would lock it and, they, and I would choke them out from the bottom. So that's the triangle choke. Wow. And um, I was so good at it that no matter who you put me against, bodybuilders, wrestlers, big, strong guys, I was this little 14, 15-year-old kid that the second you stepped on the mat with me, I would choke you out. And you knew it was coming. I would tell you, I'm going to choke you out with the triangle, and it's going to happen. Oh, you were calling it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Hell yeah. And I would choke them out, man, and uh, eventually I was fighting, and my name was Brian Triangle City Ortega. Oh, shit. But it was just too fucking long. <clears throat> So I was like, just T-City. Kept a little hood. Yeah, just T-City. Yeah, T-City. Yeah, that makes sense. Hell yeah. yeah. And it stuck with you ever since. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, how, how could they not when they remember everybody getting choked yeah. out like that by little T-City? Plus, it's like my root, you know? Like, that, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I actually used it. I think mm -hmm. that was the last fight I actually had a triangle choke. Yeah. But it just stuck with me, and, and it became something that everyone calls me. And I thought about changing my name a couple of times, but I was like, that's what I... It's, it's my story. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's part of, it's part of the root, and it's important that you kept it part of there because that was part of the hunger that and who created yep. you. Exactly. Man, salute to you for that. I mean, not forgetting your roots and where you come from. The the moment that your life changed, well, would you say it was when you signed to the UFC? Like, what was the actual moment? Was it when you started training with the Gracie family? Like, what was the moment that you felt like your life was truly going to change for this fighting shit? Like, when, when was that? I felt that I got to the UFC, I fought, and I thought that was going to be the life changer, and it wasn't. It was the story I shared with you earlier, Yeah. where it was, I was making more money doing other things 
than I was in the UFC. I was out there teaching seminars and or doing other other things, and and the money was easy, and I didn't have to I didn't have to break my bones in order to get it. But I remember fighting one day, and it was it was called, we call it fight week, and I would try to buy some J's. I couldn't afford them. Wow. I had seventy five dollars for my name, and. And you were in the UFC at the I was moment. in the UFC. Wow. Second fight in the UFC. I took the fight on two weeks notice too because I, I was just over it. Okay. I was like, man, everyone looks at me as a UFC fighter. We see you on TV, man. You made it. I was like, bro, you have no idea. Like, I got 75 bucks in my name. I live in the back house of my parents' house and I got two kids. I'm broke. Like, I really got to think this over. So I told myself, if I lose this fight... I'm done. I have to. I have to be more realistic here. I have to do something that's actually going to benefit these boys, not just. I'm chasing my dream. I'm chasing my dream. Guys, just be patient. Just keep starving with me. Yeah. I could starve alone, but I can't starve a family. That's a different type of pressure. That's heavy. Yeah. And I, I was on wick. I was on on food stamps. I mean, I was, I was doing the whatever I could have survived. And uh, and I said I had 75 bucks. And then finally, I went in there just with the intention to win. If I won, I would have had 25 grand. That was enough to kind of just keep me going at least. But that night, I went from 75 bucks in my name to 75,000. Wow. And I was, I was thankful. I looked up. I said, thank you, God. You know exactly when to come in because I was ready to quit. I'm, I was done here. Like, I, I make... I was done here. That kept me in the game. And that gave me almost like a... It's like a loan, I call it, right? Like, to my future. It was like, here. Here's money to actually spend on real training, real good food. Um, proper nutrition, proper coaching. Because I couldn't afford it. I was training in a garage. Damn. With a bag and some weights. So that's that's where I feel like my life changed when I won that fight. That was like, bro, I belong here. This guy had 15 fights in the UFC. A veteran was supposed to kick my ass. He even thanked me. Thank you for accepting the fight, kid. Damn. Almost like, thank you for accepting to get your ass beat. On that two-week notice. Yeah. He was giving me like a, like, it felt like a pitiful thankful. Like, pitiful thank you, you know? Like, I feel sorry for you. Damn. So when I did what I did to him... I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, you fought 15 times in here. I haven't even fought 15 times in my whole career. I just showed what I could do to you. And that gave me that hunger. I was like, who's next? It actually gave me confidence. Because when you when you enter, out, you're unsure. Because you fight these local local regions, you're like, okay, I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm the big fish in the small pond. Mm -hmm. But am I a shark? I don't know that yet till you fight other sharks. Till you get in there with the motherfucking bloodthirsty sharks. That was one of them. Wow. And that's him. That's his fight. Damn. That's crazy how we, that, you know, right when I talk about yeah. it, it happens. Yeah, it's trippy, And that's right? the fight. Damn, life changing. What was going through your mind right here in this moment when you were pounding on his ass? I have to finish this, man. This is it. Wow. I have to finish him. Even this guy, I thank God right there. I said thank you. Because it looked like I was losing two rounds. Yeah. Because he was on top of me, but I was just making, I was making him pay. 
in that third round, I was like, if I get taken down, I'm done. I ha like, I have to finish it right now. It's do or die. And I was tired. I, was, I didn't have good cardio. I had two weeks to train for that fight. Really one week. Wow. So I was just kill him. That was it. Kill him. My kids have to eat. Hell yeah. Like my kids have to eat. My kids are going to eat. They don't have to. My kids are going to eat. You and manifested it. it. And, and it, yeah. And Straight it was up. like, it was kill or be killed. Damn. And, and, and at this point, I need to eat straight up. And it just wasn't me. Like I had, I have motivation. I got these two kids that, you know, you can only get EBT and you know, like I only get a certain, yeah. <laughs> I only get a certain amount of, you know, formulas. I only get a certain amount of diaper. I only get amount, a certain amount of things. So they needed it, and then they got it, man. I remember, look, I downloaded the the Chase app. Yeah. And I just kept looking at it. I was like, this shit's real. I was like, Dad, that's fucking mine. I was like, that's mine. I, I'll open it. Hell yeah. I go, hey, Pops, you think we'd ever have something like this? And he was like, no, son, like, that's crazy. Wow. And that was, that was the beginning that set everything for me. I was like, I'm going to turn this 75 and I'm going to double it. I'm going to triple it. And that was, that was just my mission after that. Wow. Keep oh. fighting and getting better and, and be a world champ and make millions. Coming from humble beginnings, coming from the hood, facing against all odds, to becoming in front of the whole world. This sport is ate up in, in, in front of the whole world. The whole world taps in when these type of fights happen. Yeah. Now you got you got your story being told in front of the whole world. Now the birth of Brian T. City. Now the whole world knows. Now you have a whole culture that's standing behind you and is representing. Because I remember these moments. It's like everybody proud. Like, hell yeah, we got a homie doing it. And then when you dig deeper in your story and find out you're from L.A., you're from the city. You rep the soil. You represent it, right? You represent the culture. You carry the flag with pride. It's like, oh, shit. We got one in this motherfucker, you know? So that was a moment of pride. I think that it, it was a lot of youngsters that come and face the same struggles we do that were like, damn, homie, this this is might be something now that we could do. Because before that, it's like it was it was a dominated sport by other races. You know what I'm saying? And now yeah. you made it a, a, a point to show that someone from Southern California with brown skin could do it, homie, and I salute you for that. Thank Hell yeah. You. Well, this kid came out a little light, yeah. bro. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. You still represent, you know No, what I mean? no, I appreciate nah, that, though. And, 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 and at the end of the day, I think it's a, a, a monumental moment in your life because when you got that, that money, you could have went and partied. You could have went and bought the, the whips. You could have yeah. went and got the, the Rolexes and went to Vegas and partied for weeks at a time and fucked it all off. But you said something significant. You said, I, I could now invest in the better foods for myself. I could invest in the better training. You had the mentality already of a winner. You had the mentality of someone that knew where they were going. That sets you apart from most people because you know, like I know, most people that come from where we come from, you get that bag, the first thing you want to do is fuck it off on some bullshit. Yeah. So, so the fact that you already had that in your mind and you're like, nah, I need to get the training, I need to get the food right, that, that you had discipline and structure since a young age, homie. And where, where would you say that came from, the training or, or, or the hunger? Like, where, where, where did that come from? I think watching my parents, I think watching them grow from paycheck to paycheck was something that I wasn't cool with. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people get comfortable with that or they understand that or they, I call it like they conform to it, right? Yeah. We just live paycheck to paycheck and that's life. Mm -hmm. My mind was like, no, that's not life. I don't want to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. 
So my whole thing was, if I can just get, if I can just live a life where I don't have to worry about money. Yeah. Not that I want to make so much and fuck it all off or nothing, but my thing is like, imagine if I could just be free. Yeah, I cheat the system. You, you, you train so much, you fight so much for so long, and then you take that money and you invest it, and then you, you live humbly. Mom has a house. I have a house. We're just chilling. Hell yeah. And then we can actually go enjoy life. Let's go. Let's. Hey, you've never been to Greece? Let's go to Greece. Want to go to Brazil? Let's go to Brazil. That's dope. And, and it came from just wanting more out of life. That was it. I just want more out of life. And I know if I fuck it all off right now for a good time, I'm going to keep suffering. And that's that's not what I want to do. Wow, that's 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 a lot of discipline for a youngster, homie. You say you were like 23 at that time. What, what, what I was were 23. You? 23, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's I commend you for that because there's a lot of 23 years old, 23 year olds right now that they can't, they will never have that capacity to think. It's usually like when you get a little bit older that people think like that. Yeah. But I will highlight that people like us that come from the struggle. We, we tend to see a, a different type of picture. We tend to see those moments of struggles and it motivates something different. So commend, commend to you and your parents for teaching that. And I think it's a beautiful thing. The motherfucking, the motherfucking whole world now knows who you are. You got the whole world commenting. There was an interview I was watching earlier. I, I, I really think that it's a dope thing that people give you so many props. I was watching Joe Rogan, and he was talking to somebody on his podcast, and he was talking about how perfect your, your submissions when you get motherfuckers in these triangle chokes and yeah. hit the passion. You know, the dude loves fighting. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, he'll talk his mind. He'll speak his mind. He'll talk shit quick. You know what I mean? Man, he had nothing bad to say. He's just like, this dude's perfect. And he was speaking about one of the fights that, that, that you had lost. And he's like, homie, like... Anybody in the world would have tapped out on this shit. Like 99.999. He like emphasized it. Like, I don't know how this motherfucker survived. Like, this dude was too perfect with every move he did. Like, how does it feel to have people like that in the game look at you with that much respect and someone with a big platform like that, like speak on something like that? Like, have you ever had a chance to, it, it, to speak back to him and, 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 you know, chop it up with him on, on that that level? I, I never chopped it up with him like that. I just see him at, at the fights. I say what's up to him, and that's it, you know. Yeah. And when I when I've talked to him, it's been after a fight. Yeah. It's an interview. Yeah. So you have to talk about yourself almost instead yeah. of of actually chopping it up with what you really want to talk to him about. For sure. But I had a sense of pride. Hell yeah. I, I was proud when I hear my name in those conversations. When I hear people at that level validate who I am. Because he's been around the game for a long time. Longest. He's been, he's since almost the beginning. He's Straight been, the beginning. Yeah, so yeah. he's met every every fighter. He's he's seen everyone. He's seen the, 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 he's seen it just up, like just evolve year by year by year by year. And for him to use me as, as a reference point to say, yo, you want submissions like him. You want jujitsu like this kid. You want to wrap someone's neck and not let go like him. Uh, it, it's. I feel happy. You know, like my ego is. It feels good. Yeah, because because it, it's like, man, I felt. I've lost a million times, to perfect these submissions when no one ever watched it. Hell yeah. No one's seen how many times I failed. So to see for the world to see that one time and now people recognize, it feels good. That's a beautiful thing. It feels good. And you work hard for that. Yeah. That, that's the moments where you sweat and that blood is. and where you sacrifice away from your family and the fights. When you get this type of love around the world, I'm pretty sure it feels amazing. It's... I always look, I said, thank you. 
That's dope. Thank you, man. Because I, I, I've had many nights where I just can't sleep of of frustration of not being where I want to be, of not having some sort of submission or something, not the way I want it to be. I always try to be a perfectionist, and I'm hard on myself. Like I beat myself up more than these fans do it than anyone does. Like the way I talk to myself sometimes. I gotta tell myself to ease up on myself. So to to finally get people to say, hey man, you're doing something right in that department, I'm like, thank you. Hell yeah. Because I've I've I feel like I've earned that right to to take that place in that conversation. That's a dope thing, I mean. Yeah. Hell yeah. The modelo commercial. That was a huge moment for the culture. I'm proud as fuck. And being being an actor, you know, I have my moments where, I, where I've been in commercials and shit. When I saw you in it, I was like, wow, homie. The way they highlighted the story, the way that they showed you love, the way the music comes in, the way, you know, Modelo, everybody fucks with Modelo. Yeah. Like, it's Modelo time. Yeah, homie, <laughs> straight up. How, how did that even come about? Like, how did they approach you? Like, how does that type of shit happen? How, do, how, how did that even come across? I was, I, was I was at some fights and... I got signed to WME, um, and they have a lounge in the back. So anyone who's part of WME goes to the back, and WME are the new owners of the UFC. Okay. So we started talking, and I run into the, the, the main people, right? I had no idea who they are. So we just started chopping it up, and everyone starts talking, and they start asking about your story, and you tell them. And, I, you know, I try to be certain individuals. They don't get it. So it makes no sense on why to try to speak up so much. Because <laughs> you don't understand the background. You don't understand the struggles. You have Everyone has struggles, but you don't understand my struggles. It takes like you, certain people, to know, like, all right, I know where you came from. Yeah. No matter where it is, like, I, I, I see you. So I was being vague. But the more they asked me, I was like, oh, they're interested. It's not just, like, someone... Because I meet a lot of people and we have a lot of, it's called elevator talk. Yeah. Right? Elevator talk. It's like, how you doing? Oh, hi. Nice. Good day. Good. Goodbye. Kind of bullshit. It, it's just superficial. Mm-hmm. So in those environments, you learn to just master the elevator talk. Mm-hmm. But they got deep and I was like, fuck, I love these conversations. You're asking me, like, here, let me answer. And we ended up having a good, a, just a good conversation. And then they're like, hey, man, we're the owners of Modelo and this and that. And we really love your story. And would like to do the commercial the next year for you. And I was like, I was like, what? And I was like, well, you got to talk to these guys now because I know there's the whole money side of things, but I didn't care about the money at that time. I was just like, the fact that you guys wanted me to be, to represent you guys. Yeah. I was honored. I was, it was just, it was like, I'm honored for this because I feel like very few people get opportunities like that, especially being who they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to fake who they are. I, I see UFC people have a character, a persona, something. I'm me. Hell yeah. And I got my things being me. So for you guys to actually fuck with me and say we love where you, your story, we love, like, it's real. And that's what we want to showcase. Hell yeah. I couldn't have been at a, at a perfect place talking to, to the right people at that time. Wow. And that happened. At, at, and, you know, sometimes you think it's bullshit, right? Because many times people say, hey, let's work together and let's do something. And they, they, they say something and it never happens. doesn't come out. So I, I learned not to get my hopes up. But the second that contract was signed, 
and I flew over to, to go film the commercial. I was like, oh, this is really happening. Yeah. I was I was excited. That's dope. Where'd yeah, you fly? Where'd you fly to? to it shoot? was in Mexico City. Oh shit. That's why I shot my Spotify commercial. Yeah, it was in Mexico trip, City. You know I mean? We probably were uh with the same the same film crew out there. A little studio over there, the like studio, on, on the, and they're like logos, like a, a girl on a swing or something, right? I forgot. It's like you like going some big, gates or something. Yeah. Big ass gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. did my Spotify commercial. Okay, right okay. Yeah, hell yeah. How long we got the shooting at? Uh, maybe three, four days. Oh shit, I was the same thing. I but think I, I, was I stayed longer days. though. Yeah. You yeah. Said I, you I met out. some people over there, and, yeah. and I was like, I'm staying. Hell yeah. I stayed for like two weeks. Did you have a chance to run around the city and I, shit? I stayed for two weeks. I met. I met. Uh, some some famous actors out there. Okay. And uh, there were fans. They're like, hey, you're in Mexico City. Let's link up. I was like, all right, for sure. And when the commercial was over, they told me, hey, man, stick around and you can stay with us. That's sick. And I was just like, fuck it. Hell yeah. Why not? Hell yeah. And I stuck around and had one of the best times of my life over there. That's dope. It's a sick, beautiful city. One of the biggest cities in the world. Um, shit, did you did you have a chance to go to Barrio Bravo or like any of the like hot spots and shit? Like we went to to we partied in Polanco. Oh shit! Uh, Garibaldi, we were over there by by Socalo. We went to Sochimilco. Uh, oh, to, you were to, going hitting all we the spots. everywhere, bro. We, yeah. we they were just like Brian, you have to try this. Yeah, Brian, you have to do this. Brian, That's you dope. have to do this. Yeah, we ended up going to the Lucha Libre fights. I ended up, I ended up knocking out two people Is for real. Right? Yeah. And I had to have a cast in my hand already, too. I'll tell a story so, on that. No, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> what happened there, homie? It was me and my homie were like uh, Giuse- Giuseppe and uh, some other guy named Pablo Lyle. And uh, I, it was my first time at, at some wrestling fights. So I didn't know the environment. So they're like, bro, just scream. And, you know, people throw popcorn. And it just, it's, it's, it's chaotic, wow. right? It's wild. So I was like, all right, cool. I don't understand the environment. But some someone behind me threw threw popcorn and a beer at me. Oh, shit. So I was like, hey, motherfucker, like, calm down, dog. Like, chill out. And then the guy's like, nah, that's kind of like the environment, Brian. I was like, oh, all right, all right. But then they kept doing shit to me. And then that's, even even the guys I was with, they were tripping. So I was like, I'm not tripping. I, like, I'm reading this shit right. Yeah. So I saw them, and I saw them go to the bathroom, because it, it was a guy and his two sons. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, I said, don't get knocked out in front of your fucking dad right now. And then it was just funny because I saw, I, I'm not stupid, I scoped him, I saw him go to the restroom. And I told the guy, hey, I'm going to go to the restroom. So I, I got him in the restroom. I said, what's up, motherfuckers? What's up? Oh, no, nah, no, nah, man, no, nah, man. I go, all right, that's what I fucking thought. Check, please. Now I'm going to have a good night. I look over and my homie says he's going to go to the restroom. And... Usually, you know, you always walk with someone just to make sure they're good. Yeah. And it was just funny because that little voice, it registered late. And I was yeah. like, fuck, the homie. And I look over and I see him arguing already and like squaring up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. So I just ran up. I was like, bing, bing. <laughs> good night. Good night. Yeah. And then everyone, all those guys were all excited. And they're like, fuck, bro, you fucking hit him and this and that. And it was just a good night. I tried to fight the cops too, cause, cause it was one of the first times I bought like a Gucci sweater. Yeah. And he was grabbing me. He's like, "Calm down." I go, "Bro, I'm calm. Like, homie's already laid out. Like, I'm chilling, man. Like, but don't grab my fucking sweater like that. Relax." Mm-hmm. And then he grabbed me again. And I was like, "Hey, motherfucker, I'll fuck you up too." And then they just became. It was just an issue. Plus, we we're drinking, you know. Yeah. So, 
you got liquid courage and shit. You were off the chain. Yeah, there. yeah. Plus, yeah. it's Mexico. I, can't, <laughs> I was like, I can't get in trouble over here. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to get that in trouble over like here. That. You know, people are so quick to sue you and try to do things. But over there, is, we can fight. <coughs> we can have a fair fight and call it a night. Yeah. So that was, it was cool. Those guys, after they, they woke up and they were like, hey, man, like, <laughs> all right, whatever. So it was cool. Got put to sleep by but the army real quick. It, it was a good time, though. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a good time. Hey, that's dope, homie. Uh, uh, at least that throughout your, your your journey of being able to create that commercial, you got to see the city and all that. I, I yeah. know I was able to. Shout out to the homies out there that I was chilling with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, speaking on that, speaking on uh, the whole acting and being in commercials, I know, was it the Modelo commercial first or was it the, the tax collector movie? Because I know, I know... When I originally sat down to, to David Ayer and then hit me up to be in the movie, shout out to David Eric on the whole everybody. Yeah, shout out. Uh, it was like a, originally it was supposed to be a, a whole scene that was shot all together. So when I shot my scene and then you did your scene, we, we didn't shoot the same day. So what was like the moment that, that you knew that they hit you up for the movie? Like how did you get involved? It was before the Modelo commercial. Okay. It was on the summer, be- summer 18, I think. Yeah. Right, that's when it was being filmed. I'm bad with years and numbers, but yeah, it's, I know yeah, it was, a few yeah. years it was like a summer. Yeah, uh, I had a fight lined up and it didn't go through. Like two days, three days before the fight, the, the fighter something happened to him, so we couldn't fight. Okay. So I came back to LA, um, and they hit me up. They said, "Hey, man, there's a there's this movie, and we'd like you to do a, an audition for it. Go check it out." So they they gave me the script. I don't know how to read a script or nothing, and I went over there and. I did it one time. They said, say it like this. I said it the way they wanted me to say it. They said, all right, have a good day. I was like, damn, I probably didn't get this. So I called I called my agent. And I said, hey, man, I go, I don't think I got it, but thank you. He goes, it's all right, man. That's the way the industry works. You get something, you don't get something. I think a day later, two days later, they called me and said, hey, bro, you got the part. Wow. So I was excited. Hell yeah. And then the, say, the day I showed up, that's kind of when I really was like, oh, this is real. I, I never, I never been on set before. I never had cameras like this, where you have to act and this. And and, and I, I saw Shia LaBeouf and I saw Conejo and I, I saw the trailers. I, that whole environment was new, and yeah. I was, I was just taken back. I was like, damn, this is crazy. It's a new life. I was like, there's, they're filming you from like. For three hours, the same line. They're filming this guy, and then they're filming me, and then they're filming all together, and then they're filming. The way they shoot movies is insane. It's a process. It's a process that takes forever. You have to have patience in there, and you have to just keep doing the lines over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, that happened. And it was dope. I, I loved it. Hell yeah. It was different than getting hit for <laughs> different than getting punched in the face for yeah getting a check for being on camera again. bro and I, lo- I loved it man because you get to kind of it was an easy role to play too you know yeah it's an easy role to play hell yeah and at that time i know when i was when i was fucking with shia labeouf and them like when i first got there i noticed he had the cauliflower ears i, I heard that they, he was training really hard yeah. uh, we were all tra- training together at alexander mosquito studio in echo park like just like every day, like getting together, like working out, punching and shit, hitting yeah. the bags. Nothing too intense, but just keeping ourselves straight. But what I heard the story was that Shy was like taking that shit hella serious and was meeting up with him all the time and shit like that. Did you guys ever talk about anything like fighting? Did he ever ask you any questions, like advice on fighting, anything like that or anything? No, nothing, man, nothing. I feel like he's he's he, at that. I don't know if that's who he is, or but he's a method actor. Yeah. 
So he was in his own world. I see. Yeah, the whole time he was in his own world. And it kind of makes sense, maybe because he was probably testing a lot of people. Yeah. Like the first day I was there, he got in a fight with one of like the narco guys that was on our side. I heard about that. Yeah. So I was just laughing because they had, they're, you know, they cleared the room and they're doing, it was like me and him and, and, and uh, David. Yeah. Right? Or Bobby, sorry, Bobby. Bobby yeah, Soto. Bobby yeah. Soto, the homie Bobby. Yeah. And uh, Shia just starts like talking shit to the guy. But I don't know what's, I don't know what's part of the movie or what's not. Got it. So I'm just like, this was for real now or what was going on? And sure enough, they just start getting into it. And then they fall on the ground and they're just, they're in there and I'm just sitting in my chair like, fuck, I got a front row seat to this. This is real. Yeah. So I'm just tripping out. They're like, Brian, break it out. I go, fuck, <laughs> that might be. Fuck, yeah. I'm chilling. Yeah. Plus, they weren't really, they were getting severely hurt, you know? They're it. like more grappling and a couple punches, but they're holding on to each other tight. So they weren't really hitting each other. But now it makes sense that you tell me you guys were training. He was probably yeah. He was probably trying to test test what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. But that guy was big though. Oh, yeah. The other guy was big. Was he hanging with him? The other guy had him had him on the ground, but you yeah. know that he 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 was controlling you know the damage that that could have been done to him. I see. Yeah, I remember at that time I was talking to Conejo pretty often. I remember he called me yeah. one day. He's like, "Hey, fool, we were shooting. This motherfucker went crazy." And cracked me and I had to get stitches. This fool hit me with a fucking strap in my lip and shit. I know that you, you brought it up earlier, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's just crazy. Yeah, man. we slammed them on the table on during the set. Yeah. Because him and the same guy just kept arguing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I was just, we're just, when I was choking them and just kind of, Grabbing the gun because it, it, it messed up his lip. Even if you watch the movie, you see like the makeup on his lip. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, that shit, that shit probably got him hot. Yeah, I, remember, I remember he. No, he, 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 yeah, he got upset. Yeah, so it was like choking Conejo, and he was just, you know, it was, it was funny. That's dope. That was funny, man. Hell yeah! And how was that whole experience like? Uh, other than other than seeing the trailers and how you said it was a whole different world and tripping out, did it give you the bug to make you want to act more, or were you just like, nah, I'm cool on this, and I'm just gonna stick to my fighting shit, or like, how, how did that make you feel? It, it gave me a, a new, yeah, they gave me a bug. Hell yeah! It gave me like a whole hold up, like I can, I can do this. Yeah. And a lot of people that like my agents and everything, they're like, bro, like you. You popped off the screen. They said you did a good job. They go for you never acting, you never doing anything. You did a great job. Fuck yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. And recently I hit up my agents. I said, hey man, I need to be doing this more. Cause I'm, I'm fucking up. I thought that it would be like fighting where they would come to you, but you have to show up to them. Have to. But that's like anything in life. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got it misunderstood. So now, I hit my agents up. I say, hey, man, like, I've been dormant, but, like, let's do this. It's time. But COVID fucked everything up for me. Because af after that, after that, I, hit, I I talked to the people from the Mayans. The guy said, you're good. Christian Gurugas said, then the Thieves 3, you're in. Uh, Robert Rodriguez said he was doing a film, and, and we actually signed the contract, and we said everything. That I was going to be the main character on this movie. So right after that, I signed, like, it was, like, three things I said for sure. And one of them I signed. And then COVID hit, and it was like, boom, Fuck. everything shut. Damn. That's what killed that, like, that drive. Because 
we've been chilling for almost two, two, three years. Yeah. So after that, I go, well, I can't act. UFC barely opened up. I got one, two fights in. And then after that, it's just life kind of happened and I forgot about that. I see. But recently I was, I was sitting at home and I'm doing, I'm thinking about what can I do more with my life? What should I be doing? What should I not be doing? Uh, how do I elevate my life better? Hell yeah. And, and my thing was, dude, go acting. You know, I did a, they called me to do a thing with, for that movie Father Stu with, uh, hey, with Father Stu. And it was like in the beginning, one of the, you know, the boxing fights, I was one of the guys fighting and uh, that was it. It Hell was yeah. cool. That's it was dope. a small part, but still it's like, that's how you little, little tallies. Yeah, that's just little goes. tallies. And then you keep climbing. Yeah, and that's, that's what I want to do with my life. Because fighting, you can only do for so long. Yeah. <clears throat> and then acting, you, you can do acting forever, man. For sure. There's, there's people who, don't matter how old they are, they're, they're still doing in there. And as long as you can act, you're good. And sometimes they've been acting for 20 years, and it's like they just kept grinding, grinding, and not give up. And then that 20th fucking year, they hit a fucking road, just popped them off, like just changed everything. Not just changed their life, but their fucking generations of their, their family, yeah. you know? So it, it's important to stick to anything that you commit yourself to. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that's an important thing. Um, shit, I would like to speak about the fact that, shit, I'm a fan of you straight up, homie. You know, and I'm I'm proud of Vice you versa, straight bro. up, homie. Vice versa. And I thought it was an important and dope thing. Like, first of all, I'm going to give props to the homie Little Cuete. Yeah, he's the one that, like, was, was showing, like, love and, and we're like, yeah, the homie right here. And I, I tapped in. And then I remember when I when I tapped in with you, you were like, I'm a fan of shit. And I was like, I told you the story. Like, yeah, yeah. when you tapped back in, I told my kids, I was all happy. Like, look, the homie's responding. Like, what was your first, like, uh, introduction to Chicano rapper? Like, how did you become a fan of it? Or, like, like, like explain that a little bit. Oh, bro, high school. Okay. Khalifa Thugs. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was right off, like, every, all of us, high school. Yeah. Banged out. Fucking sure, we're all sureños and we're all this and yeah, and you know it was it was a thing and and that was to me it was high school. Hell yeah, it was growing up in the environment, seeing all the homies bump, you know, like either rap or Chicano rap. Hell yeah, and that was it. And Chicano rap was coming up, you know, you had little, you know, little Rob, you had Mr. Capone, you had all these people coming up. As you, you know, you were there, like, and it was just like, whoa, yeah, this is dope. Like the, they're Mexicans. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're the raza, yeah. And it was like, and they're from, they're like, oh, we're from, they're from, they're from the hood too, yeah. And you're like, hold oh, up, like Silver Lake, oh shit, they're 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 here, yeah. It's right down. It was the like they're they're real. Like I can I can, well I don't want to drive over there at that time, but it's like yeah, I can go over here and you know like it. So it, it made it more like you're real, yeah. You know, because other people, although you know, it didn't. They were so up there, and they almost to the point where you're like, I could just never even relate to them for sure for some weird reason and then to all chicanos and everything it was like i was more relatable hell yeah and you guys would talk about the neighborhood you guys would rap about this or rap about love yeah. you know what i'm saying like it, it was all dope hell yeah and uh and that was it man we we're in there just bumping chicano rap and fucking just taking someone's car you know chilling cruising yeah. you know getting high whatever and just, it, yeah it was dope man hell yeah for me, starting high school. What were some of your favorite songs? I know you showed me a video, and I was hella fucking proud. You said in the beginning of your career, you used to to, to bump some of my shit. Tell, let the fans know, because it's a Bro, for me, it's a, I, I'm proud of this so shit. So let me tell you, I was a fan. I, I was I was, I was, was bugging out. I was like, bro. I would tell all my homies, 
Mr. Criminal fucking sent me a man. He follows me, dog. You wouldn't fucking believe it. Like, bro. Because my whole, like, from the first fight till I hit, like, the UFC. Yeah. All my walkout songs were your song. That's it. That was that was my shit. I put my hoodie on, and then I, uh, I put only the strong survive. Yeah. And that was it. It was like fucking time to smash yep disrespect uh, I keep four fingers up two twisted with the thumb tuck disrespect disrespect the west coast I said you, you get, get fucked, fucked up, up. <laughs> oh my god I said this gang I, I said what's, what's up? up that's right that's I was right. I was like this, I go this this is me this is me that's, that's I go this moment. is me that's hard and it was like that's only the strong survive yeah so I was like that's what I'm doing this is what it is what so to me life? like your, your 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 songs were like this he gets it. And I walked out till I hit the UFC and that's when they were like, hey man, like play uh some they, they almost like recommend some music. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right. Some commercial shit. Yeah. It makes sense. And uh, but my whole my whole career was that was it. No matter where you go, you see me doing the crazy train, yeah. bumping your music. Wow. Even some of my videos got your highlights, like the um like my YouTube videos from before, like the little highlights that I had in the beginning. Yeah. That's to your music, man. That's and a I, I was, proud moment. I was, a, it was a proud moment for me, man. Yeah, because it's always, like I said, to me it was like, even you, I was like, man, this is someone that I could probably never reach. I'll probably never make it. You have these doubts. You'll mm-hmm. never know who I am. Wow. And then when you sent me a message and you even followed me, I was like, he, like you don't even know, the inspiration I had just through listening to your music. That's it, though. The motivation when I was working out. Like, I go, he'll, even right now, like, you'll never know till even right now in just a little bit where I would be training and I'm tired and I don't want to hit the other round and my homie puts the, the song on and you're like, oh, fuck that. Like, well, I'm fired up again. Let's go. That's it. It, it, it was motivation. And uh, so to me, I was... Bro, I've been a fan, man, and, I, and I've been a fan, and I don't—I can't even tell you without you even realizing, like, through through the times that I wanted to quit, what a song could do. Wow! It just changed your mindset, because to me it was like only the strong survive, and that stuck with me. Wow! In this game, only the strong survive. Straight the fuck. You can't—you can't be weak in this game. Yeah. And there's a lot of industries that that, you know. You can get away with certain things, but we're 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 fucking each other up. So this is we're modern day gladiators. So to me that always stuck. Like if I want to be different than the rest, I could be only the strongest, and that was it. And mentally, mentally, and mentally and physically. And you were fighting for survival yeah. at that time. Wow. So so that that song was that was everything to me. That's dope. And that was when so, you showed me on the yeah, video. So, right? so, when you, so when you hit me up, I was like, what the fuck? I'm yeah. like, dog. That's I showed all the homies. I was like sick. showing up. That's sick, homie. I was like, he don't he don't fucking follow you. What's up? <laughs> he don't know who you are, motherfucker. I was talking shit. You know, it's a dope thing to see that and highlight that because for me, I'm proud as fuck of that. And I, and, I, and I'm going to be always be humbled by that because I'm a fan of you straight up, homie, no cap. And being in this game and... and Dropping music for a lot of years, there's been moments where I want to give up. Yeah. So to think that those moments that I was dropping that type of music, that I was like literally at that that album, the reason why I dropped called it that was that was around the time of the first recession. Motherfuckers were losing their businesses. People were no more album sales. People were 
giving up their shops. People were closing down. Warehouse was shutting down. It was like only the strong survived. I got in my truck. I remember telling my wife, like... And the intro was like that. The whole game's fucking up. Everything's going to shit. I ain't got else, nothing else in the in into my name. All I know is the streets or this rap shit. And I told my wife. My wife supported me. I got on the road, took off, and that was my life, too, at that time. Only the strong survived. I came back from, from the road with fucking stacks, homie, from selling and merchandise and performing and being sacrificed away from my family. So it's a trip to know that I was facing the same thing and you were facing the same struggles and we're both coming up. And it's a powerful thing to see where the music could really take because you never know who it could influence. Like... King Little G told me my music helped influence his career. Same thing with Drummer Boy, uh, with your shit. And then you just never know. Like, I was in Hollywood or Beverly Hills with my wife at this celebrity party. And I'm walking by and some dude's like, Mr. Fucking Criminal. And I turn around and it was the comedian Bob Ross, you know, or Jeff Ross. Okay, okay. And I, the dude that roasts everybody. He's like one of yeah, my favorite yeah, yeah. comedians. I turn around, I was like, this fool's playing with me. I was like, what's up, homie? What did you just say? He's like, Mr. Criminal. I go, how the fuck you know me? That fool looked at me like I was stupid or something. He's like, homie, are you serious? He's like, you're Mr. Fucking Criminal. And I'm like, what the fuck? So you just never know who you might inspire. And it's crazy because right now as you're speaking, you don't know who you're inspiring. There's another generation of kids that are watching you and seeing you train and seeing everything that you're doing and all the all the struggles and everything you've been through. And they want to be the next T-City. They want to be the next one representing and keeping it real and putting on for their people. So it's a beautiful thing that we put in the sacrifice and we're able to influence people. And I think that as leaders... We stand together, we stand tall in these type of things, these type of conversations. I want to salute you for pulling up because highlighting positivity is going to highlight to the next generation that we could, they could become the next, you know, USC fighter. They could become the next worldwide Chicano rapper when they told us we couldn't be these things. Yeah, you, you know can do saying? whatever you want to do. Straight up. With hard work, sacrifice, dedication, though. Because yeah. that shit don't, doesn't come overnight. Yeah, what we say, man, you have to have an ace in the hole. Hell yeah. Hell Accountability, yeah. communication, and effort. Hell yeah. I would I would like to ask you with your futures for the your plans for the future. What do you see yourself in the future? Like for me, I can't I can't rap forever. There's no way. That I, I gotta start investing. I gotta build a label, build podcasts. You gotta you gotta diversify. Obviously, like you said earlier, the body's a machine. You gotta you gotta have surgeries, you gotta do stuff. What is your mentality for 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road? Like what, what do you see yourself doing at those moments of your life? Yeah, right now I've I've sat there and I've been this year, I've been just relearning myself on another level. Mm -hmm. I've been reinventing myself from the ground up. Um, I see myself fighting for at least the next five years, guaranteed. Easy. And after that, like I told you earlier, I want to I want to start actually putting the time and the hard work into acting. I want to start talking about actually coming out and being and vocalizing my struggles and, and everything, right? Because I feel like I only talk about my life when there's fights or I talk about who I am when when these big fights are coming up. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm just silent. I just, I get to work, I'm on my own business and that's it. Okay. So to me is YouTube, get podcasts, do something, but mainly it's acting and I like to open up my own school one day. Hell yeah. Yeah, because teaching is my passion. I started teaching at 16 years old. I became a black belt under the Gracies. And I have an actual professor's degree from them. Wow. Like, you know how people get their doctorate? Like, yeah. I have, like, my jiu-jitsu doctorate. Mm -hmm. And I've been on the road with him, with Henner, and I've seen him build his the, the empire he has today. I, I had, a, a like, a seat next to him watching everything. Yeah. I saw this guy have 10 students, so now over 1,000. I saw his merchandise do, you know, 
5k to 5 million to you know like i saw everything evolve and i was there having like a front row seat just because he's the homie mm -hmm. he took me in he taught me everything how to speak how to how to hey bro this is how you save money this is how you invest money this is this this is how you do that wow this is how you uh brian this is how you speak english there's no you don't say fool in class you don't say that it's just damn he 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 he, he educated me he showed love. He showed nothing but love. And he took me under his wing for, for years, even to this day. Mm. So this year, to this day, I show up in his office and then he's like, how's life? I talk to him and he's like, you should read this book. Or hey, you should do this. Or hey, this. Or what do you think about this? And now he's, he's not only did he kill it in the, in the jiu-jitsu world, but now he's inventing things. He invented a, 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 a sweater that turned into a backpack. Wow. Now he invented a sleeping mask when you travel, when you fly. That, that, that's insane. So his his mind is is crazy, and to have this guy mentor me and take me under his wing like a brother, like that's a whole nother like that. It was, I learned so much, mm -hmm. and I have knowledge that no one can pay to even get. So to me, it's like I know how to run a school just like you. I can have a thousand students myself. That's sick. And the best part is I have pat like I'm passionate about this. Mm -hmm. I love stepping on the mat. I love building people's confidence up. Cause you see some people walk in, they're learning to fight because they they're scared of the world. They're scared of confrontation. And a lot of people can't live their lives fully because they don't have that confidence. Think about if, if you weren't down for your shit. How many guys walk in a room and already discredit themselves? Straight up. They just walk in a the room. They're like, oh, let me just, let me just put my head. Let me know. Let me just tuck my tail and just, and survive in here. Yeah. So my whole thing is why can't I teach you how to just have the utmost confidence and ability to defend yourself. So when you walk in a room, like when I walk in a room, I already think like, I'll choke you out. I'll choke you out. I'll fuck you up. I'll knock you out. And it's not like an ego thing, but it's more like I could just walk in a room with confidence. Mm hmm. And if I could do that to a lot of people, I feel like their life will be fully free. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dick. Don't, you know, it, it, like just humble, 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 and, and just a different type, of, just confidence, to where you're able to handle yourself and you can just be free. And that's what and that's what the, I see the, done at the academy. I see people walk in from their first day, shy, quiet, or just insecure, to six, seven years later. Then I get to see who they really are. They're talkative, they're this, they're that, they're all kinds of things. Even myself, when I first walked in there, I was quiet. I didn't want to say nothing. And then the, the second I had confidence in my voice, I, I had the ability to express myself. And, it, and look what did it to one person, to me. Imagine doing that to a thousand, a thousand, wow. you know, you're, you're really changing lives. For sure. And these people go home, and, and, and I see guys all the time. Their wives come, and they thank Henry. They go, my husband, is he's a better husband. He's this. He's a better businessman. He's a better... Whatever their life is, they're better at it because they have that confidence now. So you're just building better people all across the world. That's a beautiful thing, yeah. homie. So to be able to get paid to change lives and inspire and just and give people that, that freedom, that's what I want to do later. Wow. Just run my own school. Wow. And, and the teaching and the background that you got is an elite, elite 
name, homie. Like it's the Gracies. Who you're under is like yeah. when you mention that name in MMA period, everybody knows that's an elite family, elite name. Anybody that comes throughout their schooling and, and, and makes it to this level is like super respected off top. So that how, how important was that for you to like know going into the ring, like, damn, I'm representing this shit. Like, do you have that pressure on you or it's just you got yourself on your back and you don't you don't carry that pressure on you? I used to. Okay. I used to go in there and say, I'm a representative of this school, so I can't let this school down. Yeah. I can't let these guys, you know, and it almost felt like a, like an unfair pressure. Cause I go, man, I'm not even a Gracie and I'm over here representing Gracie Jiu Jitsu. And I almost felt like one of the Diaz brothers. Okay. Whereas like you guys represent the family as well, but you don't carry the last name. Damn. So it, it put me in a weird situation because some people were like, nah, do it for yourself. Other people were like, yo, represent us. Um, and it did put a lot of pressure. Cause it was like, hey man, I don't wanna let you down, bro. I, I could even tell you like a lot of fights, I would look over him in the locker room and be like, hey bro, like, I just don't want to let you down, bro. Yeah. I hope I don't let you down. And he told me one time, he said, Brian, if you win, I'll give you $10. If you lose, I'll give you 50. Wow. And I was, I never got it, you know? Yeah. Till it was, till way later, it was like, bro, there's no, like that pressure doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I love you regardless. Either way. And that's what it was. So once I felt that acceptance and that love from, from, from them, was saying like you're just putting this in your head you already won he, he just let me know like you already won bro like you've represented already oh, yeah. you showed that it works and and through history everyone in the whole world knows that it works that's dope so you do this for you now freely for your family for your career for yourself and have fun hell yeah and that's when i kind of took off would you say that that once that pressure was off your back you had more more I wouldn't say confidence, but more like a overall more enjoy enjoyment when you were fighting and shit. Hell absolutely, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Because it's a whole different pressure off. It's just a weight gets lifted off you. Okay. Even down to when I lost my first fight, being undefeated forever was like, man, you carry like this heavy load on you. So when you find when I finally lost, I was like, bro, I can walk in here free now. Yeah. Like the worst already happened. Hell yeah. The worst ha I already hit rock bottom. That's it. I know what that feels like. Not that bad. Let's, you know, like I can keep going, I can keep playing. And, uh, and that's just how it's been, man. Like my whole my whole career now. It's been imp it's important also to hit the hit hit those moments because it makes you enjoy and, and appreciate the victories more. Like in life, like when you gotta pick yourself up off the ground, just even figuratively speaking, you know, like yeah. you gotta go through those up and downs. If it's always on the up, no matter what, it that that pressure, the anxiety of keeping it, maintaining it, it's just too much, homie. I think it's too much and it's kinda unenjoyable, you know? Like like when even my numbers are popping and my shit's going and going and I, st I start looking at it and like this whole last week, two weeks, we've been working hard for our numbers to go up and they've just been skyrocketing. And it's like, you catch yourself looking too much and I'm it's like, like that 375, right? Like that. Yeah, it's starting, to, it's starting to take off. And uh, a motherfucker just like, man, just give this shit up a, a, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, enjoy life, enjoy the process. Take a, take a look around and enjoy the process because sometimes we get too busy and building shit and working and grinding and recording music you know you sometimes you got to take a deep breath you know what i'm saying and i think that's probably what you're able to relate to in those moments as well yeah absolutely hell yeah well shit uh another question i wanted to ask you was as far as doing doing anything as far as investing into like 
businesses now or properties, anything like that? Do you have anything going on like that that, that you've diversified or do, did anything like that? Yeah, there's there's this company that I went with called TSG. Okay. And um, I put all my money with them. I invested my money, all, like everything I've ever earned, they're with them, and it makes me 10% back a year. Wow. They charge me 1%. They, they, they take care of everything for me. Damn. So I already bought my first property, my first house. Um, I'm going to buy the house next door soon. When it goes for sale, I already talked to the owners. And I'll have... It's it's a big lot. Gonna do like a my, my house is already big. So yeah, I'm going to do a whole compound. Hell yeah. Fuse the house together. Um, put a pool, Just do everything right. Or I also thought if I don't want to make this my home, just one property... The size of the lot, you can build three on it. And, like, two neighbors down the down the street from me have that. And I saw their layout. So I thought if I buy both both lots, I can build six and sell them. And I, so I've been talking to realtors about that. And I say, hey, is it best to do the compound or is it best to do the six and then buy myself some separate and also have that money? So right now I have all, all, my, all my money invested. Just with what it makes me a year. If I live humbly, I, I'm already good with, with how the investments are going. So, but my goal is like, all right, if I put five million here, it gives you 500K a year. I put 10 million here, it gives me, and I live humbly and I just keep dumping into that and then just invest and then buy properties and, and this and that. And I just turned 32, so my mind now is like, I wish the future. Yeah. Let me buy here, let me buy here, let me do this, let me get this. All right, I already talked to the neighbor. I'm gonna buy your house. I see the other neighbors. I'm like, my, I'm not gonna lie. Like my, I was like, I'm gonna buy the fucking block. Hell yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That's why I started smiling. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna buy the block. Yeah. And who knows what I could do with it? Straight up. I can probably turn it into something. And so my mind, my mind's ticking. And and by my parents' house, there's, there's these condos going up that I already see. They're like 400, 500k. And I'm like, I should just go buy that shit right now. Yeah rent it out and you know so my mind is already going there and uh i have the team these guys that I, we sit down and we talk and, and i tell them hey how much money do i have is this the right investment and that's that's what's dope about them because i sit down with them and i talk with them and they're they're, they're your partners with this yeah. and they'll tell you straight up hey listen this is the risk this is this i don't think we should do it right now i think you're you're better off doing this buy a property a little further away and do this and do that and you're like, all right cool but right now my money is 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 being invested in that and and just that's it you know that's dope yeah but it's my mind my mind's already getting there yeah you're starting to just flip and it's, but and it's i'm by myself normal. man I'm, I'm by, and that's the hard part a lot of people don't get that yeah like, i'm by myself i have i have you know like i have my baby mama and i have my parents Okay. So not only am I in like South Bay, Redondo Beach area, but I pay for three rents there. There's three household, three households that I take care of. Wow. I take care of my own, my parents, and there, and my kids with with their mother. So it's like I'm, I'm a bit, I'm busy. Wow. Homie. So I'm busy for that shit. Homie. Like That's my dad, a lot. like my dad. I told my dad like, hey, you become my personal chef, and just cook for me, man. Just come in, he just come in over here and hang out with me. Just chill. Just chill with me. Yeah. Like you have a salary with me, you're good. That's sick. Homie. And then. Obviously, you know, I have to pay for my kids and everything, and then I take care of them, and their rent and their thing is taken care of, and they live right in Torrance, like in a good part, too. Yeah. So it's like everyone lives good, everyone's rent's paid, including my own, 
and and so I'm always I'm always grinding, man. Hell yeah. So the way my mentality is lately is like I'm by myself. I don't have backup. I am the backup. Hell yeah. So just with your questions, my mind is constantly there. That's dope. Huh? And I even talked to Andy right here. I'm like, yo, bro, like I need to get on YouTube. Uh, the subscribers start just doing days in the life of my life, you know, talking, have random conversations. My mind's my mind's working right now. Yeah. But uh, I've always had a working mind. But I never pulled the trigger. I see. So now it's like, fuck this, we're pulling the trigger. Hell yeah. Like, well, and, and I even, I mean, I'm looking at you right now, and, and even like well, earlier, we're like, I'm a fourth episode, and, and this never happened, or this, or this. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, I can see myself Hell yeah. doing the same thing. And, and it's in your future. Yeah, and I, I can see myself, I'm, right off the bat, as I'm here right now, I'm already thinking. I know so many fighters, I know so many people. I could sit down and just chop it up with them. Hell yeah. And it's like, hold up, and people subscribe and people. This shit will go up like this. Yeah, it goes up. Hell yeah. People get knowledge. People see an insight at who I am and who you are and us having this conversation. Yeah. People learn. People get inspired. Mm -hmm. And you make money off that. Yeah, and you build an emotional connection with your fans. Why not? Straight up. So, like I said, you're just being here. Yeah. I'm already like, all right, cool. Hell yeah. My mind, my mind's already like, all right. That's dope. There's ideas, Brian. There, you can. You're capable of this. Hell yeah, you are. Like that, that door is open if you want to take it. And, and that's where my mind's been at lately. Just I've been busy. Hell yeah. I've been training. I've been thinking. I've been trying to create. Um, that's why recently I said, hey, who who's out here that can create content? Yeah. Because I'm close to a million followers, but. I never cared about IG the way other people do. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm sleeping on my own self because of my, my lazy mentality. My whole mentality was like, I'm just gonna fight, make these checks and I'm gonna live a happy life. Mm -hmm. That was like the surfing side of me. I see. Like the, like the fucking just... Ah. The chill Cali yeah, vibes. Yeah, just like, fuck it. Yeah. But the other side now is like, hold up bro, you got kids, you wanna put them through this, you wanna put them through this. And I had to wake up like, yo, no one's gonna do this but you. Hell yeah. So right now, like when I told you I'm reinventing myself, I'm literally, like my my goals this year is just to step the fuck up on a whole nother level. Hell yeah. Pay attention to everything that I can. Acting, YouTube, creating content, fighting, getting better training, like just, I, I, wanna, I wanna be great on all the aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. I wanna leave no stone, no stone unturned and just do this right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. You guys heard it here first. Mr. Criminal on air live help inspire the homie because you guys will see his new motherfucking podcast coming soon. Yeah. And I will be the first subscriber, homie. And if you need any help from us and the team, we'll happily come yeah, through. we got you. We and got you, like boy. That, you already know. Like that. This is the way we got to do it. We got to support yeah. each other. We got to uplift each other and, and look back and just be like, hey, homie, we did it as a community because nobody yeah. else does it for us. Usually the, the Gracie stories, how you have that, and yeah. him as a mentor in life and as a partner, those are those are rare moments, homie. Like, not everybody gets that. So the fact that you capitalized off the off the love that he showed you and, and took advantage, not in a bad way, but took advantage of the blessings that he gave you and ran yeah. with it. That was, that was God, homie. So the, the fact that God Amen. keeps working in your life, it's a it's a, an amazing thing, homie. So yeah. salute to them for for looking out for a young homie from from out here. You know what I'm saying? That's no, a dope absolutely, thing. man. I'm, I will always be grateful for that. That's dope. Always be grateful for that. Hell yeah! I have a, a couple questions I want to ask about. Um, some of your favorite things So they'll be like Kind of right. like 
yes, no, A, B types questions. All right, right? done, done. Just, shoot them, shoot them. So I'm going to ask like this. Representing the Raza culture, Chavez or De La Hoya? Chavez. All day. That's, oh, that's, that's an easy that's one, no right? question. Yeah. Okay. Any man? No, I was going to say quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say some shit. I already know where you're going yeah. with it, homie. All right, yeah, Chavez. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then uh, winter or summer? Mm, summer. Summer. All right, yeah. cool. Cali, the surfing vibes. Surfing, okay. off-road, everything. I got yeah. it, I got it. Um, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Ooh. Mortal Kombat. Who's your favorite player on that movie? Luke Kane. Luke Kane? Yeah. You don't want none, homie. I'm going to get you a Scorpion. <laughs> get over he said, here. get over here. You're right? <laughs> nah. I'm going to just jump up and spin, bro. Nah, for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis? Um, Super Nintendo. Biggie or Pac? Pac. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. They, you guys heard it here from the West motherfucking Coast. West Coast the legend, West Coast. homie. He represents all the way. You know, <laughs> hey, uh... Sitting here with you, homie, I'm very proud, homie. It's, it's a proud moment, and I'm honored. Like I told you, off camera, on camera, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm very, very proud to see a homie doing this thing. Strug struggle to, to victory. That's what I want to highlight on the show. I want to make sure that all the fans know that no matter what we come through, no matter what we've been through in life, we could make it. No matter what, like you said in the beginning, people used to make fun. People used to laugh at, at your yeah. dreams. I had the same problems. I had the same people doubting me. If you really focus, if you really stick to it, you could become somebody that walks through the octagon and everybody around the world knows and tries to be like homie and i think that's a, a honorable thing for you to to stick to your morals and and remember the people that helped you a lot of people don't remember that shit you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so it's a beautiful thing to see you your rise and sticking true to your roots and who you are you know what i'm saying and this look again man this is surreal for me hell yeah i would i never thought in my life that i would be even sitting here one, I never thought I would meet you. And if I did, I just thought I would just probably, hey, can I get a phone? You know, something. Yeah. So to actually sit here and talk, for me, at, like right now, I'm like, keep it cool, bro, but this is crazy. That's dope. Honestly. I'm just like, this is this is crazy. Hell like yeah. my, it's a trip. Hell yeah. I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Hey, like, that's why when you said when I was like this, like, man, done. I appreciate that. Bro. Let me know if and I was like, hey, bro, what time? Yeah. Hey, like, where hey, was the address? Time like a motherfucker. I was, yeah. I showed up. I was, I, I told Andy, I was like, bro, I, I was here. Like, I drove by like at 730. Yeah. And then I saw that it's going to take me an hour. I was like, let me go drive around. Let me go get some Starbucks, whatever. Yeah. And then, then I, I even got pulled up with like 745, 750. I was like, yeah, let me just, I go, hey, let's just wait till 10 or till eight, bro. Like, let's just. Oh, let's just do it right. That's dope, man. Yeah. And I appreciate you being patient with the little bullshit that we had because we had a little technical difficulties <laughs> running this podcast. It's been we're on the fourth episode in Critical Nose. It's been a it's been a little bit of a, a struggle with certain things going live, shit like that. We're still learning, you know. We got yeah. this big ass building and, and and there's a lot that goes on into it. It's like the the Wi-Fi, the connections, the whole shit. But at the end of the day, we stick to it. And even the, the, the hard moments, we no matter what, we stick to it and make sure that this shit comes out. And I want to make sure that we highlight people like your stories because they should be celebrating their victory moments for, for our culture, for our raza. And shit, homie, there's another motherfucker that's right now a little youngster facing what we face. And they're like, I could do that. I could be the next Brian Absolutely. Ortega. I could be the next Mr. Criminal or the next Critical or whatever they want to be in life. You know what I'm saying? So And they can, man. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy to be here with you just telling them that they can do it. Hell yeah. I appreciate it, Pedro. With their sacrifice and everything. Yeah, if you had a chance to look back right now, 
and talk to the to the young Brian Ortega that was on the playground that when we first started this conversation and he said I had to scrap for mine and I had to go back home and my pops told me this. What would you tell him, homie? What would you tell yourself? There's a song by NF. Um forgot the title of it. But he he, he kinda says it. He goes, like you're gonna go through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna go through a lot of stuff. So just be tough. Like if I if I was to talk to my to like say so just keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna go through a lot of things, you're gonna take a lot of hits. But no matter what, just keep don't quit. Hell yeah. Don't quit. It's gonna look dark, it's gonna look you're gonna be by yourself. You're gonna feel depressed. You're gonna feel lonely. You're 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 gonna feel like a failure. You're gonna feel separated from everybody else. You're gonna feel excluded. You're gonna feel weird. You're gonna feel different, and you're not gonna wonder why. Till one day it's gonna click, and you're gonna be thankful that you never quit. So I would just give him a pat on the back and say, "Keep going, kid. Wow. Don't stop." Wow, that you're was gonna, powerful. Yeah, that was powerful as fuck. That literally just gave me chills. Huh? I know bullshit, Crick. This is powerful, homie. This is a guy working in here. And I, and I know for a fact that that my boy Critical is a fan of the MMA, too. He was blown away when I said, hey, oh, homie's yeah, pulling up. Sure. He was like, what the fuck? He was tripping out. Like, <laughs> like the type of moves that What's going on happening. with my life right yeah. now, bro? He's yeah. like, dog, like, this is a dream come true for me. Like, I never thought I'd be right here, like, engineering this shit and having people like this pull up. This is like a dream come true. So I think that uh, it's a beautiful thing that we don't even realize that that we impact people's lives. Like, I would have never thought I would influence a young Brian Ortega, homie, and that's a proud moment. I'm going to carry that for the rest of my life. Bro. You know what I'm saying? So Thank you. you thank you, know. man. Yeah, you never know. You never know, homie. So that's why it's important to stay humble. I see how you carry yourself. It's a fucking it's classy, uh, respectful, and, and still keeping the G and true to who you are. And, and we need that, homie. We need more leaders like you to, to stand up for the culture and say, hey, homie, this is what we need to be. It's our job to help them rise up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Top five dead or alive, homie. Artists, and it doesn't have to be rap, anything. Ooh. Just, just who, who, who hmm. you like your most in your life. Elvis. Hell yeah. Five or one? Uh, I don't even know. I would say five. Okay. Number one would be Pac. Hell yeah. Um... That's a tough one, man. There's, there, there's they a are, lot of That's yeah, a hard a lot shit. Of people. That's a hard shit. And by artist, you mean just... Just anybody. It doesn't matter. But just singing or rapping or... Whatever you want or, it to be. No rules in this motherfucker. Oh. Ali. Hell yeah. Muhammad Ali. Bruce Lee. Okay. Yeah, so Pac, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee. Hell yeah. Um, Elio Gracie. And That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Now I had a question. You said that the the homie Gracie was giving you uh, advice in, in life, books just to read. Give a little game if you if you could. Like there might be a, a youngster out there that wants to read one of those uh, books. One's called Outliers. Okay. By uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. And it talks about one of the main things that I got from it was anything just to just to get something down. You spend ten thousand hours in it. Damn. And if you think about how many times you rapped, how many times you thought about how how you're gonna set something up, I guarantee you that it has equivalent it has been equal to ten thousand hours. Wow. And that's just the basic fundamental of it. So ten thousand hours and then you then like now you're good at it, now now go. Okay. And uh, that book really helped me a lot at just getting perspective on 
what to do to be great as in terms of putting in my time in places. Hell yeah. And it's, there's just a lot of books, man. You know, like that was just one of the first ones. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a good one. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. right? Yeah. There's, there's books like, um, there's just a cup. You know, like I've never read a full book. That's just always been me, the way my mentality is. Yeah. But there, there's just books I have right now. One's called Fearless by, by my pastor. Um, he's in there and he talks about just his struggles and everything. And I think more more books like that where you watch your struggles. Um, What's your pastor's name? I would like to Jeremy. Look yeah, Jer J Jeremy. I'm going to have to get a hold of that book. Yeah, I'll get it for you, bro. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I'll get it for you. Hell yeah. And uh, books like that, man. You know, like I've, I've, I've watched a lot of psychology books, especially for me because in the game that I'm in. Yeah. You just... You know, I didn't get the best education, so I just I like learning how to read people more. Yeah. Just to know where I'm at, and that's it. Because I only know one type of environment really well, and the rest I'm kind of lost to. Yeah. So just how to read, things like that. Hell yeah. But yeah, rich dad, poor dad, uh, just there's, there's just a lot of books, man. Hell yeah. yeah. When you face psychology, I wanted to highlight it earlier. I just I, I didn't want to cut you off. When you said you took that two-week fight notice, yeah. and the homie told you that, the, the your opponent told you that before, like like he made you feel like it was almost like sorry you had to take this fight. Yeah, I felt like he was he was trying to get in your mind a little bit. Did you feel like yeah. that was a little psychological? Psychological? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I genu I genuinely think it probably was. Okay. Just because he was that confident. I, I remember I walked out first. Okay. And right before I walked out, so you're in front, they're behind you. Yeah. And I heard him, he was screaming, he was like, ah, like just, Punch. and I looked over to my coach, I go, he's scared. Oh shit, he was wolf. I just, I was, I was that confident, I was like, I looked over, I go, he's scared. <laughs> and he just laughed, he was like, you got this. And I was yeah. like, fuck yeah. And the second walkout thing came out, I was like, let's go. It's over. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's dope. Yeah, my walkout song was DMX. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to yeah. you. That's right. Hell yeah. It's cr crazy. I have a segment on drift on this every week, and you know, we call it drifting on a memory. In the last few weeks, we've been focused on squashing beefs and shit. But before we end the show, I want to drift on a memory. And since you bring up DMX, I was just talking to my wife about this today. When I was a kid in the streets, fucking around, robbing houses and, and slanging bud and shit, yeah. I used to come up and there was a dude that used to live in these apartments. And I'd go up there and I would I would hear the music playing and shit. And I just knew that's where the homies smoked weed. And, you know, if they wanted to buy a watch that I just jacked or some earrings, I could always dump it to them fools, right? Yeah. And there was a dude in there always producing. And he was making dope-ass beats. And a couple times I would invite, you know, hey, we're rolling up. You know, you want to chill for a minute? I'm, I'm sitting there counting up, whatever. And they'll be working on these beats. And I remember very clearly one time the dude saying, like, yeah, we're working with the uh, J.O. Felony. J.O. Felony is about to pull up. And it was around the time J.O. Felony. I was a little-ass kid. No interest in, in rapping, nothing. And uh, this dude, this dude's like, yeah, you know, I'm about to start producing for J.O. Felony. He had these really melodic keys that just stand out. And I, I love music since I was a kid. So these keys just stood out to me even before I was into music, like myself rapping. So he produced this track called You Got My Name In Your Mouth All Day. And I remember... Uh, they put the hook on it. The next time I came, I, I had sold him like a watch or like a, a bracelet. And he played it and jail was on it. So, you know, going in and out of jail, you know, the street life. That was like my only experience of music ever. You know what I'm saying? I had got out and one day I hear the uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. What with DMX, Method yeah. Man and all that. And boom, it clicked. You know, I said those keys were melodic and it was very unique. 
I remember that dude saying that day, like, yeah, we're about to do some singles with him. We got checks coming from Def Jam. And that made sense because Def Jam was DMX, uh, Method Man, and all these cats. And boom, the homie ended up getting a single. The dude that I used to slang Bud to and all this shit, I get out of jail and he has a fucking single just cracking all over the world with DMX on it. And I was like, wow, that was my first exposure to being around anybody that slang. And the dude's name was Terrell. And uh, he was part of a, a, a group called Money Grip Records or something like that back in the days. But yeah, that was my drifting on the memory, man. That was my first, my very first uh, exposure to the rap game, just being a little travieso on the streets, running shit. up on them fools. I remember always giving some shit. I remember the last time I seen the homie, I was walking back and I had smoke with them. And I was like, fuck this. I remember I jacked his neighbor's bike. And it was like, I was leaving and there was a bike. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm gone, homie. So my bad to the homie for jacking your neighbor's bike. But it was real back then. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah. You got any drifting on the memories you want to go right over? Right when you said that, I already, just one popped up in my head. Yeah. Um, I remember when fighting was, it was illegal. There was no amateur fights. Okay. So they would get these warehouses and they would throw illegal fights in there. Damn. And um, rest in peace before my grandpa, uh, my grandfather died. It was funny because, I, and I was just reminiscing and thinking about this the other day. It was, I fought some guy called Gallo Negro. The second, I fought him, I, second round I beat him. I choked him out. The second they raised my hand, the cops raided the whole warehouse. Oh shit. My grandpa's like 80 something. So I remember like just the cops raiding the whole thing and me running out the ring and me and my dad like, vente abuelo, vente papa, vente tata. And like, we're just sneaking out the fights and it was it was, it was just, it was a beautiful moment cause it was like, I got my grandpa from Mexico. That's dope. And my dad, and, and they're over here supporting me at these illegal fights. I'm like 17 years old. Yeah. And literally, that right when my hand got raised, like it got busted. Like it was like a, it felt like a movie. That sounds like a movie. And I just, ran, I like literally ran down the ropes. I already knew what to do. Just go over there, run to my grandpa, and then just slowly just walk him out out of, out of the chaos. Cause you know, everyone starts bumping each other and everything. Yeah. So it was just like protect, like protect Tata. That was it. Just protect them. Your main focus. Yeah. And then my dad was there and we just walked him out and it was just, it was a beautiful moment, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been a moment where you're like a, someone someone in your life or someone comes up to you and, and recognizes you for some so what you're doing and you're just like, damn, this person, I never thought that this person would know who I am. Like Right here. <laughs> oh, shit. Right here. That's dope. Moments man. like this. That's dope. Moments like this, man. Yeah. And I've had them in my career and they're humbling moments. Hell yeah. I've been around... You know, you go to UFC fights or you go to people and, and they say what's up to you. And I'm like, man, you have no idea how much of a fan of you I am. Yeah. And they say what's up and they say, hey, man, I'm a fan of you. And I'm like, yeah, that's dope. You know, like one of the homies is Travis Barker. And and I remember like just going to, to the concerts, they, they invited us and we're backstage and it was cool. And he was like, hey, man, I'm a fan and this and then until this day now we have like a good relationship. And it's like, bro, this is... This is crazy. That's dope. Like I can drive, I can drive over there and see you in in your industry and and just trip out. Hell yeah. It, it, you know it, it's it's a beautiful thing. It is. Like, and then, like, they right, enjoy to be able you. to drive over here and just kick it and talk to be, you know, just to see these people because I can relate to you guys on on that level of looking dumb, failing, and succeeding. Absolutely. Not giving up. We all go through it. And it's like, yo, what was your story? Like, I know we're come from the same cloth, but like, what was your, what was your story like? Yeah. 
and then you learn from everyone. Everyone tells you certain things, certain moments in their life, um, certain things that are similar, some are not, like Travis. Like, he never got on an airplane after certain situations. And I say, hey, man, how'd you overcome that? You know, so you, so you just, you don't realize how story, how beautiful everyone's story is that has made it. So you actually get to actually sit down with them one-on-one and just learn. Hell yeah. And, and you got a front row seat to some knowledge that I feel like not a lot of people would have. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's inspiration because... I see people in my art, you've been there, you've done that. You probably all know, you probably know every mistake I'm gonna make. So can you tell me before I make it? So I don't have to learn that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh it's just it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah, moments like I said, moments like this. That's beautiful, I mean. I you you spoke about your pastor, like when did you start getting into church? Was that something you were raising, or is that something recent? That's very recent. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I hit another rock bottom in my life not that long ago. Uh, just I buried buried one of my friends from Carrie's casket, no, for like 18 years. Sorry to hear that. Uh, a lot of like you know personal and and ended my relationship. Uh, got betrayed by a lot of close people like it, it just it stacked up mm-hmm. a lot of things that people besides saying what I just said right now I won't budge into it too much but it was just heartbreak loss betrayal all kinds of things right and uh, and getting hit with it wave after wave wow to the point where I'm like man like I don't What's going on in my life? And I sit there and I have to think, well, it's it's all my fault. You know, I can't be a victim. And I've failed so many times. So to me, it's like, I need, I need a stronger source. I can't keep depending on myself only. I can't keep depending on my grit. I can't keep depending on, on just me. And I went to this church and I felt something, man. I, I felt, I felt understood. And then I reached out to him and he came to the gym. He came to the gym to meet me. And on the gym, literally in the gym, I got on my knees and and, and I'm, I'm confused. And I, I just started, right? Like I'm just learning what this is about. Yeah. And, and I got on my knees and he just starts talking to me about things. And I just feel like, man, this guy gets it. He get, he gets, he gets pain. He gets, he gets all this. And then, man, sure enough, man, I go over there and I bring my homie with me, and you know, we're 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 both similar. Yeah. You know, we lost the same friend. We we're going to almost very similar paths. And um, and we just start going to church. And I went to this conference thing, and it, it changed me, man. I just I just saw things differently. I realized there's a man that I haven't became for certain reasons. And it's made me more disciplined. It's made me more focused. Where before I was, let me party, let me, you know, girls, this, that. Now it was like, I'm just tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. I only see what I have to do. I see my kids. I see what I got to take care of. And nothing's going to stand in my way. And, and, and. I've been making like my life has been changing crazy 
And I've never felt this type of pain though. It took this type of pain to move me, even when I was already in the different, I was already moving different from the rest. But it just, it took a certain amount of pain this time. Cause my whole life has always been something happens. I lose this, like every year, like last year was my grandma and this and this and that. And, and it was always something, but I felt like I'm tired. Like I finally had enough. Like I'm, 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 I'm tired, man. It's not that I can't keep doing this. I know I could, but to, to what point? And now that I, I've been, I've been going to church, and, and this pastor came, and he's just, he's in my ear, and he's talking to me. He's like, "Hey, man, just call me coach." Wow. And he's just like, "Hey, bro, what's up? Are you good?" Or, "Hey, man, you know, come." Like yesterday, he just said, "Hey, come. I'll be here. Come by." I brought my kids. They were doing homework while while it was going on, and I just and I learned I, I learned yesterday, and I'm not sitting here like I'm on this I'm this right I'm not I'm not that's not what I'm trying to claim or nothing but I'm just saying it is different for me, and it has helped me, and I see my kid like my connection with my kids is stronger. I, I lost that for a long time. My kids rarely knew who I was growing up because I would leave for two months to train. And then I would come back and then I would be selfish. I missed out on two months of my life. Let me go party, let me go do this, let me go enjoy this, the fruits of my labor. Yeah. And I fucked off what really was important. Wow. And it wasn't until till recently where I'm like, hey, no, like, I got my priorities wrong. This world leaves and this doesn't. Why do I have, you know why do I have them backwards? Why am I paying more attention to, to what we call them, the, the girls? Jezebels. Straight up. Right? Why are you paying more attention to these Jezebels that drain you from your energy, drain you from this? One, they just see you, they want something from, you know? When these little kids look up to you as your hero and you're letting them down. Wow. And to me, I'm like, how the fuck do I look at myself and I'm happy with myself like that? And I look at them and I see me in them. And I tell myself, man, my, not even my own dad did that to me. So like, I'm, I'm fucking up. So I, I had to look at, when I tell you, like, I looked at my whole life. I looked at my whole life. And now I was like, it's, I'm doing everything for you boys. And, uh, and I'm sorry, you know? And, and that's it. My life is now, I'm living it for them. Wow. And I was going to bring them here actually today because I have them, but they didn't want to drive with me. And, yeah. and I understood. And they want to hang out with my little brother. So I took them to my, mom, to my mom's house. Otherwise, they'd be here, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, like, this all changed recently because of, you know, just of Jeremy, you know? Just, just the influence that he has on me. And, uh, and I haven't told him since. I haven't told him nothing. I just talked to him very, like, you know, but he comes and he works out. He comes to the gym, and I'm over here spotting him. And, and I'm like, come on, man, one more rep. And he's almost failing. I'm like, it's in your mind, bro. You got to get in there. And he's like, just like I said in, in this aspect, he goes, it's in your mind. Wow. So so we just trade off information, you know, and and, and I and he called me like a son of thunder, you know? That like he's like, You're you're quick to fight people, you're quick to to jump the gun. He goes, You remind me of this guy named Peter. And then then and as you start learning, I was like, Man, some some of these stories in there, they're pretty vicious. Mm -hmm. They're warriors, they're fighters, they went against all odds. Uh but they knew who had their back. At all times. At all times. 
and so I have a different like my goal is to have a different fuel a different source yeah and I'm tapping into it and this is just the beginning just the beginning this is just the beginning I'm, I'm barely learning I'm not perfect nothing at all nor will I ever be but I know I changed hell yeah I know I'm different hell yeah and now because of him I'm, I'm the most disciplined I've ever been in my entire life if I didn't have a fight I would be hanging out killing time Andy was over at my house that's the reason I keep saying he saw my schedule my house is militant like I'm, I'm in there like my house is clean like I, 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 I do the cooking cleaning housework every like I'm on my shit hell yeah I train I, I, I take care of my kid like I'm, I'm doing everything and now, like I told you earlier, that's just not enough. Like, I wake up, I take a cold shower for breakfast. Oh, yeah. I don't get to enjoy a nice warm shower when I wake up. It's a cold shower, right? Because the day is full of things that you don't want to do that you have to get used to doing. Wow. How do I do that? Cold shower, done. Brush your teeth, done. My bed is made, done. Go, uh, go do breakfast, done. Wash the dishes, done. 10 o'clock. All right, let's go train get punched in the face go do now by the time I get to training now it's fun yeah before I was like man I don't want to go in there and these guys are gonna it's gonna be a hard day now I look forward to it so my, my mentality has been changing yeah and, and it's it's because of the pain it's because of I'm done being where I'm at and ultimately it was it was just accountability T a, a man taking full accountability of everything in his life I'm not a good dad because I play victim. Oh, I have to train that. Nah. You're being selfish. That's the talk I didn't want to have with myself. You're being a piece of shit. That's why. Damn. Damn right. What do you do? Stop being a piece of shit. Hey, kids, let's go hang out. And it was weird for me. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea how to even bond with them, as, as fucked up as that sounds. And now, like, they're with they're, they're my little road dogs. Now I'm like, hey, you guys want to go over here? You guys want to take the razor out? You guys want, hey, what if I buy a boat? You guys want to go fishing with me? Like, hey, boys, come do the grass with me. Come crap. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I have, to, I have to build a lot of things that I lost with them. And I have just memories and glimpses that, that, that I can never get back. And uh, and, I've, and I've been talking to their mother as well. And she's she was like, hey, man, I've seen a change in you, man. Like, I know we're separated, but, like, I'm proud of you. And just to have a good relationship with her is the world. Because for a long time, it was just, it was bad. So the second I apologized for all, all my mistakes, I, I've, I've made right with all my wrongs. If things have been better. And, and in reality, is you do reap what you sow. So karma came and paid me full. It was a late visit, but it, it got me. I thought I escaped. Wow. But it got me. And instead of running from all my problems, like the, like a lot of the world does, a lot of the world, they'll, 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 they'll go to parties, they'll get so fucked up that they don't want to think about their life. They don't want to do this. Or, or, they'll, or even some people... They put themselves so much in, into into just working 
Because I know when all this happened, I just trained till I, so I couldn't feel. I woke up, I would run five miles, and I'd go train again, then I'd go train again, then I'd go train again, and I'd go train again. And then it's midnight, and I'm tired, and I'm like, I go to sleep. And I'll wake up, and I'll do it all over again just because I just want to escape reality. Wow. I don't want to face it. And it wasn't until I took accountability recently from my life for everything I've ever done. That changed me. Just being uh, accountability for me means if you say, hey, Brian, why were you late, right? Or whatever it is. I could tell you, hey, man, this or my kid. No, like, hey, just be straight up. Yeah. Like black and white. There's no, it shouldn't be a long ass answer. If, if me being accountable, like, means I have to make up a story for you to understand or feel bad for me, that's me escaping accountability. And a lot of things was like, how come you weren't this, Brian? Like I told you, I just didn't give a fuck. I cared more about myself. I was selfish. Stop and change. Now. How do you do it? You just do it. I was in there. I spent time with them. I took them out. A lot of times I don't know what to talk about. I'm in the car, quiet. It wasn't until then that I realized, like, dude, I don't really know, like, I don't really know them. Damn. I was like, guys, how's cool? How's this? You know, like, other than superficial talk, it was like, bro, I don't know who these guys are, and they're my kids. That one hurt. When I talk about hurt, that one hurt. And 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 when I when I first was separated, I didn't know what to do with them. I was like, what? Guys, take a shower. Uh, I, I didn't have no idea and it wasn't until recently where it's like now it's like I wake up hey man your breakfast is made this is made that's done hey here let me help you with your hair G like ooh look at you you're gonna you look fly now you're gonna get all the girl it I actually learned to love my kids and fall in love with them and and I didn't even think I would be saying this right now honestly it just came out but it was it was, it was something beautiful and all these changes have been happening in my life ever since I decided to take accountability and start to trust in the man above. Wow. Because as they said, that's he's your father. He's all our dad, right? Of course. So why not get to know who my dad is? Straight up. And, and that's what I'm doing. As you speak, I commend you, first of all, for, for, for many reasons. But the first thing I want to highlight is I think it's amazing at your age. You said you're 32? Yeah. Okay, 32. You got the whole world looking at you. You got every reason to be selfish for all the work work you put in, for all the, the, the sacrifice and everything that you do. But that you're in a moment where you, you're still in the middle of it. You didn't make the mistake where you it's too late. Your kids aren't grown up. Yeah. You're not 50 years old talking about this is what I did. You were in the middle of it, and you captured that, and you noticed it, and you recognized it, and, you, and you, you're making a difference. And in this world, with how much distractions there is, how many Jezebels, how many clubs you could be at, homie, you're in Southern California. You're, you're a celebrity. You're a star out here. You could go anywhere and have life however the fuck you wanted out here. Yeah. And the fact that you're telling me this right now, and you had that self-realization, tells me two things. That the structure and the discipline that, that that fighting brought you in your life, in the struggle, has carried on and, and carried on to something more powerful. And number two, that God is really working in your life, homie. God is really choosing to, to put you in your place for a reason because you realize who you are and what you're, what you're doing. 
My homeboy Droopy told me something from my neighborhood one time, and I relate to it. And as you were speaking, this is one of the other things that 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 reminded me. I was going through a tough moment. And there's certain homies like in my life, me and him, we went through the struggle since the streets. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I'd be locked up. He goes to prison. Like, no matter what, we always kept in touch. You know, he's my brother from my neighborhood, right? And now he's my spiritual brother. We talk about Jesus. We talk about God. He turned me on to Joel Osteen. Like, my mom was trying to teach me about Joel Osteen. And for some reason, it wasn't cool when my mom was trying to teach me. When my homeboy from my hood taught me, I was, I'm listening. Yeah. You know, it's a little different, right? But he told me one time, he's a brother. He goes, sometimes in life, we look left. We look right. We look behind us. We look forward. We look everywhere. We look down. We're trying to look for an answer. All we got to do is look up, homie. He's right here at all times. You feel me? Amen. And, and that, that's such a powerful thing. And the final thing that I'll say is there's a quote that I read in a book, and it stood out to me heavily. And right now, as you were speaking, again, you remind me, like I said, four things. It said the world will get out of the way for the man that knows where he's going in life. That was the most one of the most powerful and significant things that I ever read. And I was like, damn, as you're speaking, you know exactly where you're going. You know who's doing it for you. You know why you're doing it for your family, for your kids. Homie, I see nothing but greatness for you in your future. And no matter what direction you take in your life, you're going to be a, a, a champion at everything that you do because you already are, homie. You already beat the struggles of life. You came from the hood. You came from, from, from parents that came in your first generation. Yeah. I mean, homie, you, you've, you've, you beat so many struggles in life. You've done one so many times in a row. So everything that you do now, every time you come out here and, and fight, it's an extra victory. You just, you're, you're winning every single time you're, you're, you're waking up, homie, and, and getting to live life out here, homie. And, yeah. I, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And uh, finally, the, the the final thing that you reminded me of, I, I know it's a lot, but my brain thinks deep no, when no, people yeah. talk, I, right? I, I, I really it, try to soak shit up. And I read a lot. But the final thing that, that, that you reminded me of is, is something I relate to. Like I said, I, I used to be hella cocky in my, my career. I, I wasn't always like this. I used to think I was the shit. I used to not want to collaborate with rappers. There was a moment where, like I told King Lil G, he was reaching out 15 years ago. I would never have reached out. Like, I had to humble myself. I had to get to my point where it's like you think about unity. You think about the bigger picture. And there was a moment in my life where I read another quote, and it was in the Bible. And it said, God will humble, humble the man that exalts himself. And exalt the man that humbles himself. And I see that as you speak as well. Do not be boastful. Do not be prideful. Yes, yes, So I see all that in you, homie. So I see a God-fearing man. I see a a powerful man. A man that choked the shit out of anybody in this room, like you said. (laughs) Probably all of us at once with each (laughs) arm and legs and shit. And uh, but you still have all that humbleness, and you still you're grounded. I mean, fuck, I mean, you have every other reason to be anything else. I mean, I salute you for that. I mean, Thank it's you, a, it's man. A, it's a beautiful thing. I consider you my brother in this game now, and, and, and now in Christ, I didn't I didn't know your story, homie. I I'm, I'm getting also Bro. as you were speaking, I relate to everything you say because we got all baptized. have me and, me and the homie just got baptized the other day. That's but beautiful. I haven't even said nothing, you know. That's beautiful. Dog. Yeah, it That's was it, it was like yeah. It, it's time. Hell yeah. Like you said, I'm, I was caught in the moment now where I know it wasn't like I was 50 years old and I had to realize a different way. It was like, nah, here, you know the paths now. You, now you can either choose to keep going the same way or, or, or go this way. Yeah. Without hesitation, I looked, I went the other way. And now you have, now you have the knowledge and accountability, so now you really have that, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. now now the fact that you're choosing the, the righteous thing, 
it's gonna get even more powerful and like a snowball is gonna build and anything that gets in your way that tries to bring negativity you're gonna just run that shit over that's the way this life goes because you're a chosen individual you're not in your position for by accident you know what i'm saying yeah. like like this shit isn't by accident it didn't come overnight and uh man i'm proud of me this Thank is this has been one of the dopest moments i think hey critical yeah, what's up, this boy? is why we did this shit, yeah, right? Yeah, this is amazing. This is exactly why we did it. We said we were going to bring on people, highlight people's stories. I didn't imagine when I was putting the shit together a few weeks ago that we'd be having you on the show. Yeah. It's also a dream come true to me, so I want to thank you for, for last minute pulling up. And uh, yeah, man, it's a dope thing, homie, to see your your, your story, your your victory, um, hear that you know you become you become a brother in Christ. and. And to see everything that you do next, man, we're all we're all supporting you as Crime Family Entertainment, the whole podcast, the whole community. We're all behind you, homie, and we will be right there cheering your victories every single time, homie, because we're all right here riding with you, my boy. Thank you, my boy. All Appreciate day, that, man. All day and night, homie. And that support means it means a lot, and it goes a long way. Hell yeah. And vice versa, man. Anything I can ever do, hell yeah. You just let me know. Hell yeah. Bulletproof love from the homies over here. You already know how we do it. Yes, obviously. Hell yeah. Well, shit, man. We won't take too much more of your time. It's been a beautiful conversation. We loved yeah. it, homie. We're supporting. Like I said, we got some new uh, gear. Crime Family Athletics. My my girl, she, she's heavy in the gym. Yeah. As you were talking about all that, and it reminded me, because uh, we'll be in this motherfucker 3, 4 in the morning, and I'll give her props. No matter what, she's the same way. She's military money. She wakes up early. She's yeah. right there brushing her teeth. Nudging me like, hey, you going to the gym with me or not? Like, fuck who? Who cares if we went to three, four? Yeah, she's an amazing partner, and she's my partner in this whole crime family dope, movement. Man. And we have this thing called Crime Family Athletics that she came out with that she just rocks on her own. Nothing official. We just gonna throw you some shit just so you can rock, just to the, just to less, represent. Man. Say you know less, what I'm say less. And that's how we do it, man. But before we get out of here, do you want to uh, send any message to the fans? Anything you want to say? I just thank everyone, man. That's it. Yeah. Uh, thank everyone for always supporting me, always staying by my back. Always having my back, and uh, and that's it, man. You know, a, a lot of these fans in MMA, they, they kind of just jump ships, um, and I'm just thankful for every single person that has had my back, yeah. and in my close circle. So I love you guys. Hell yeah. That's it. Thank you for riding with me through everything in life. That's dope, homie. All day. You heard yeah. it there from the legend himself, man. And make sure you support his business endeavors, anything that he's doing. Make sure you follow. Make sure you uh, tap in. Tap into his new podcast. We're going to promote it right here first. We're going to be the first uh, subscribers. Critical. We better get our shit ready and start helping the homie buy his shit and, yeah, and no. get the equipment ready. <laughs> you guys heard it here first, man. Let's Before go. we get out of here, it's a it's an honor to say I respect everybody's beliefs and everything that they, they believe in the world. But every single episode, we say a final prayer to end this so we could bow our heads. Yeah. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you tonight humbly and thankfully for this beautiful moment that we had. Lord, thank you for another successful podcast. Thank you for our brother Brian Ortega and his his victory and his story, Lord. We we thank you for everything that you do for us and all the support and the fans all over the world that support him and support our movement and that we even have a platform to even speak and give the next person that might be struggling a hope to even do this in, in, in your inspiration, Lord. And we ask you that you bless every single person this week, every single person that tapped in and supported. Bless the brother Brian, bless, Crit, bless Critical, bless his baby girl, Street Visuals, the whole crime family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All day, and that's how and we that's do it, dope, man. man. Much that's love beautiful. and respect. I hey, love the fact that you just prayed over man. That's how we do it. Because I prayed outside. I was like, hey, dear Lord, whatever I'm going to talk today, just... Yeah. Just be with me. That's dope. Yeah. I felt it. That's it. Just be with me. I felt it. Yeah. And I felt, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to keep it 1,000. I felt a little nervous for you, Ken. 
I was yeah. like, you know, I, I don't want to ask the wrong questions. I don't want to upset you. I saw you on another podcast. You were hella heated cussing. I was like, damn, nah. I don't want to upset the homie. I'm going to end up in a triangle right here on nah, my show. Nah, nah. nah so, so that's <laughs> a dope thing, though. And, and, and shout out to my mom, man. My mom, I want to highlight this real quick. My mom is uh, my spiritual mother, too. And she taught me everything about the Lord since I was a kid when we were poor as fuck. Yeah. Didn't have nothing to eat. Uh, living on the floor, li- literally having churches give us boxes of food. She always taught me that that no matter what, we we're going to be okay. And God always had us. And she would be proud of this moment. Our mother, our, both yeah, of our mothers. Yeah. My, so, my, my mom has been on me for years, that's man. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So shout out, shout out to our moms for that, homie, for instilling yeah. that. But there it is, episode mothers number four. Praying. Yeah, keep praying to keep us blessed, man. One, one day we'll, we will listen. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Shout out to everybody supporting. It's been a beautiful night. Crime Family Entertainment, the podcast, Mr. Criminal On Air Live. And we out west. Entertainment. And I'm supporting the Crime Family Network podcast. podcast.